fear of snakes. I used to say, if I hear rattlesnake, I'll die. If I see a copperhead, I'll die. If you throw a plastic snake on me, you'll die. How many can identify with that? But God helped me face that fear and overcome that fear. You know, before Jesus performed a miracle, he would say two words, fear not. Before he performed a miracle, fear not. Why? Because fear cancels faith. And the message for this mess age, I mean, this is a messy age. The message is simple, fear not. God says it's going to be real now. This message is not to scare you, it's to prepare you. If you're prepared, you don't need to be scared. If you're not prepared, you may need to be scared. Because if you look in the last day, stars dropping, mountains moving, seas boiling, cities burning, lightning flashing, thunder rolling, grave bursting, dead rising, a holocaust of hellish horror, cataclysmic apocalypse, revelation. I mean, there it is, signs, sins, trends, gloom and doom, but how many knows in the midst of it all? God is still God. He's on the throne. Jesus Christ is Lord, and the church is marching, and we're going to make heaven the blessed abode of our never-dying soul. Smoke clears, dust settles. There is a blood-bought church on fire for Jesus, and we're not afraid to live. We're afraid to die, and if you don't shout, I'm going to run the aisles on this Wednesday night. Come on, give God a thunder salvation. When I talk about scared or prepared, God said, just tell them the spirit of fear is real. Now, Jezebel's spirit is an extension of this. A lady in the Old Testament was killed. The only thing left when the dogs licked up her blood was the skull and the hands. Her thoughts and her works are still with us. In the New Testament, she surfaces again. I listened to a powerful tape today where the man of God said that that spirit is a spirit of fear to intimidate and manipulate for the purpose to dominate. God don't want you controlled by fear. God don't want you to shake and shudder in sheer shock. Everything that's going on, he's telling you, are you ready? He told what's going to happen. It's going to get worse and worse. But he said, are you ready? Fear not. Throw your hands up and say, I'm not afraid. Lift your voice and praise him. Lift your voice and praise. Hey, my sakatai. I say it like this. Uncle Sam is sick. Mother Nature's upset. Father Time's on his deathbed. Social Security ain't that much security. Medicare don't care, and welfare ain't fair and well. Amen. We've conquered outer space and lost inner peace. An age of tranquilizers, not much tranquility. Guided missiles, misguided morals. They're crying, save the whales and killing babies. It doesn't make sense. World getting churchy, church getting worldly, can't tell the two apart. Half the world is hungry, half the world is on a diet. The inequities and the topsy-turvy, untoward generation we're living in is something that could breed, breed fear if we let it. But God said, I want you to peel your head at night. I want you to soak my glory. Because in the midst of everything going on, the devil's going to huff and puff and bluff. He's not going to blow our house down or blow our light out. Because here's what God said, the worse the devil does, the best that God's going to do, his best is in front of us. And I read one day where it says, greater is he that's in you than he that is after you. That's an Academy Award winning scripture. I'm about to shout right now because Jesus Christ is still greater than the powers. Go ahead, give God praise. Somebody, somebody wants to shout. On the heels of the spirit of fear, God said, the spirit of Antichrist. Everybody say Antichrist. There's a demon-possessed man chomping at the bits, standing in the wings tonight wanting to be revealed. I don't know who he is. 
I don't know where he is. I don't spend a lot of time musing, perusing about the Antichrist. His spirit already smothers the globe. The reason I really don't care who he is, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. Shout amen, somebody. But this is real. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with these four spirits. God just told me four spirits the last days. And right now, it ceased to be political. No longer is it Democrats or Republicans. We're dealing with an Antichrist spirit. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? So don't be engaged and get all up in the air about what's going on out there right now because there is forces wanting to undermine the church, wipe away the, the teaching of the Bible, and bring a sense of new age. New age rage. Combination of it all. Mix it together. Create our own God. We're living in the last hours of the last days. Everybody say, this is it. Talked about it, sung about it, thought about it, preached about it. We're living in the twilight of time, in the eve of eternity. I heard the voice in the early morning hours. Four spirits of the last days. Spirit of fear. Spirit of Antichrist. Number three, spirit of religion. I heard pastor refer to that several times in his prayer. God said, there's the message. I gave it to you, now preach it. Religion. The finest thing the devil's ever invented. <laughs> it's demonic. To substitute, to take the place of revival. His number one whole goal plot, ploy plan is to turn revival into religion. And he's done a pretty good job of it. Tucked away. A few places in the nations. There are those of us that won't let go of Holy Ghost revival. We don't want rites and ruts and rituals and routines and faithless formal synagogues. You may have more people because there's something like religion that soothes and seduces, but sears the soul. It's man trying to approach God. It's man trying to, to find God. It's man representing God. Somebody said revival is when God gets tired of man misrepresenting him, so he comes down to represent himself. And walking down the starry steps of glory. I can almost hear a thunderous ovation as God's getting ready to show up and show off. He's going to invade this domain called earth. He's going to shake and make and break and take and wake. And the smoke clears, dust settles. You won't recognize your church. You're not even looking at it yet. This is just the core. But get ready. Something big this way is coming. It's called Holy Ghost Revival. I can feel. Go ahead. Give him praise. And the fourth spirit, deception. Everybody say deception. That's what he told me. And it was so matter-of-factly, the four spirits of the last days, fear, antichrist, religious spirit, deception. In fact, when the disciples asked Christ about the last day, he talked about all the signs and sins and trends of the time, but there's one sign he mentioned three times. Deception. 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 Take heed. Let no man deceive you. And then he said, if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. So right now, don't be surprised, it's happening. These spirits are working overtime. Now, when God gave me these words, and I began to write them down, he gave me a bunch of scriptures. But almost immediately, he said, don't spend a lot of time talking about those four spirits. Because there is a fifth. Everybody say a fifth. Now, five is the number of grace. And when he said there's a fifth spirit, 
That is the counteraction and the contradiction of these other four spirits. And he said, you tell my people, if they have this fifth spirit, they don't need to be afraid or worried about the other four spirits. Are you ready to hear what that fifth spirit is? It's Ephesians, the fifth chapter, where he says, be not drunk with wine. You don't need a fifth of wine. Come on, shout amen. <laughs> His antidote to wine. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Come on, give God a shout of praise, everybody. <laughs> you don't need old crow when you got new dove. Come on, lift your hands and praise him, somebody. I want you to think about what I'm saying because, you know, if you try to combat all these other spirits and try to find out where they're at and who they are and what's going on, you go crazy. But here's what he's telling me to tell you. If you're full of the real deal, that Holy Spirit will crowd all those other spirits out and pretty soon in the midst of hell-bent, reprobate, apostate, degenerate, unregenerate wilderness of wickedness, You've got victory every day, all the way, on fire for God, plugged in, because you're a Holy Ghost-filled child of God. Raise your hands and praise Him out loud. Come on, lift your voice and praise Him out loud. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The answer to the four spirits of the last days is the fifth spirit, a fifth, Holy Ghost power. How many is full of the Holy Ghost? Let me see your hand. Wow. Now you know what that means? That means one drop make you run over. When you talk about being full of anything, now I like the way you're smiling now, and I'm not meddling, but now I've been preaching 45 years, and I'm, I'm an evangelist. I'm a revivalist. And, you know, I, everywhere I go, I have a Holy Ghost revival. People may not, but I do. Amen. And I tell them, if you don't want to shout, just watch me. Because when you're a carrier of the glory, you may not bring it in your briefcase, but you can bring it inside. There's a fire in here. I'm going to shout in the devil's teeth. I don't care what's going on. People may look at me like I'm loosening the caboose. I'm going to shout and praise God because I know there's a ghost called holy that is greater than any spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, I stand up on the authority of God's word and tell you that the greatest spirit of this day is not fear, antichrist, religion, deception, but it's the sovereign moving of the omnipotent Holy Ghost. Here's what he said. In all the signs of the time, and there's about 40-some, and they're all negative, but there's four positive. How many wants to hear the four positive ones? It shall come to pass. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Come on, give God praise. That's Joel 2. That's Acts 2. So right in the midst of hell having the biggest revival hell's ever had, we're going to have the biggest revival we've ever had. And it looks like it's going to be neck and neck. The wheat and the tares will go together. But in the midst of it all, greater is he that's in you. First positive thing is the Holy Spirit outpouring. The second positive sign, this gospel shall be preached. I'm about to have a Holy Ghost runaway. How many of this gospel shall be preached? And we know that. The third positive sign, and it happened in 1948, God said a sign, the sign of the end age is Israel's coming back home. For 2,000 years plus, a man without a land, and a homing instinct rose up within the Jew, and they come from north, south, east, and west. 1948, the Star of David began to fly and flap in the wind. 1967, took back Jerusalem. And recently, our president moved our embassy to Jerusalem. That's God saying, listen to what I'm telling you. This is Jerusalem, D.C., David's capital. Shout amen, somebody. 
And God, there's a center of his universe. It's not Peking, China. It's not Washington, D.C. It's Jerusalem, D.C. It's going to end where it all began. I'm starting to get excited. The main, sin, the main sign of the end time is Israel back in her land, back in her land. God loves Israel. We bless Israel. And we're saying it's time, it's time, it's time. For the outpouring. Everybody clap your hands one more time. Now, the fourth sign is positive. Are you ready? Because everything else, I told you, stars dropping, mountains moving, seeds boiling, cities burning, persecution, pestilence, earthquakes, fears. I mean, it's there. But the four positive signs, Holy Ghost revival, propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Israel becomes a nation. And God's getting ready to set up headquarters there. And then the fourth one, are you ready? When you see these things begin to come to pass, all the negative stuff, don't roll over and play dead. Don't hide in a cave. He said, lift up your head and rejoice. Your redemption draweth not. How many still believe our Lord is coming back to earth again? You still believe that Jesus is coming? Come on, give him a hand of praise. The king is coming. The king is coming. Lift your hands for 30 seconds and praise him. Would you do that right now? Lift your voice and praise him. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, I asked you a question a while ago, how many's full? And every hand went up. And when you're full, one drop make you run over. Because that scripture in Ephesians 5 talks about a present tense. Be being filled. That means every day. There may be one filling, but there's many refillings. I could, t I could tell you the most important thing that you can do is pray in that language that God gives every day. Jude says it like this. In the midst of heresy, apostasy, fallacy, he talks about gloom and doom, but he says, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I heard your pastor talking to my son about Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about all the armor of God. And the very end, it says, praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The Holy Ghost knows the way through this wilderness. He's not confused, confounded. And if you have him in you, and he manifests his peace, love, joy, power, confidence in the midst of all the hell and the hate that's going on. You're not going to have a nervous breakdown. You're going to have a spiritual breakthrough. And your home is going to be a heaven to go to heaven in. And when people walk in, they're going to feel glory from another world. You are a carrier. And I want to declare it. Your kids weren't born to go to hell. They were born to go to heaven. The legacy continues. How many wants to take your family to heaven with you? Come on, shout amen, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to spend a few moments on this fifth spirit because this is the main meat of the message, to be filled with the Spirit. I read in Zechariah chapter 4, it was a vision of Zerubbabel. It was a golden candlestick, all of gold. The candlestick is a type of the church. It was not alloys of brass and tin and other mixtures. It was all pure gold. What is this, Lord? This is the word of God to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. A golden church for the golden streets in the golden age of eternity. And God told me to tell you, he's not come back for a social church, he's come back for a spiritual church. When I was a young boy, I thought being spiritual was looking spooky. I would imitate preachers that I thought were spiritual. Staunch jaw, glazed looking my eye. 
looking like I didn't have good sense, you know, and I, I thought being spiritual was all kinds of different looks and manifestations. But being spiritual is being born of, filled with, led by, walk in. Born of, filled with, led by, walk in. Sit with me. Born of, you're too slow. Born of, filled with, led by, walk in. I'm from Branson. I talk fast. I move fast. But in the midst of it all, being spiritual is just being full of the Holy Ghost. And God's telling me to tell you if you're full, a thimble full will make you run over. I'm talking about living a life that is so radiant and buoyant and anointed that everywhere you go, Everyone you touch, there's life and liberty and freshness and freedom and fullness. Hear me when I tell you, a world in crisis needs a church in revival. And the church needs revival for survival. The greatest need today, the greatest need today is not more politics. It's not more politicians. It's not more legislation, reformation, education. I'm to the greatest need today is for a manifestation of the glory, a demonstration of the power, and for the church to rise up and say, it's time for a Holy Ghost revival. Come on. Let the rain condescend. Let the river flow. Let the fire burn. Let the dove fly. Let the wind blow. Lift your hands and shout amen, somebody. Oh, God, do it again one more time. In the midst of all of this, your pastor has not been seduced by the trends of the time and by the ways of the church. There's event-driven churches built on big days, big event. Incites and excites people. Here, every service is a big deal. Because somebody knows he's a big deal. All around you, there's event-driven churches. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, Chevrolet. Come on in. Whatever it takes. We want to fill the seats. God wants to fill the souls. And so religions become the order of the day. But that God always has a remnant. It's just a remnant. If you read the Bible, it's always a remnant that brings revival. It's not the masses. It's a core that haven't compromised, led by a man that says, I'm not going to be beaten, bought, bullied. Or I'm going to declare the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's never put revival on a bargain basement counter where if they paid a price, we've got to pay a price. And that price, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, you are here because you know God brought you here. I'm here, and I'm not booking a lot of stuff right now because I've, I've traveled about as much as I want to travel. I've been all over the world as the ambassador of the Pensacola Revival. And when I saw this thing begin to wane and and the shuttle begin to land, and they start talking about normal church and church as usual. And I thought, dear God, I'm, I don't even want to go anywhere. So I just, me and my wife begin to lay on our face before the Lord and position ourselves for this next great wave. But I heard a sound coming out of this house. I heard a voice. I hear eternity in the voice. When you sing, I hear the sounds of revival. God said, you go on there to Dallas because I've chosen that group and I've chosen these leaders and something big this way is coming. It would surprise me if the next great revival that God hit with this nation happens right here in Dallas, Texas, the Metroplex. Oh, God, let it happen in Jesus' name. So I'm here. God brought me here. I'm honored to be here. I'm not all that, but such as I have, I'm giving you tonight because this is not a sermon thought up, dug up. It's a rhema word holding out for a Kairos moment. Event-driven churches built on big days, big events. Every service here is a big event. We get to take communion. We get to worship Jesus. 
Hallelujah. We get to pray. We get to intercede. I was thinking a few moments ago what my favorite part of the service is. It's hard to know because, but there is something about right before, right after the worship, when, when right before the preaching, there was a spirit of intercession that came in here last night. And it came in here again tonight. And I just want to crawl on my face and cry out to God for mercy, for America, for the White House. Listen to me. I spent three hours in the White House in a prayer meeting. I spent seven months in Washington, D.C. in a prayer meeting. I, I, I went through the Pentagon and the Congress, and I interviewed politicians. And in the midst of it all, I felt God in the White House. Late one night, I said, God, what is this? All I've heard is this Washington, D.C. is a, is a is, it's just a deadlock, and it's just a sense of, of division. But I feel your presence in this house. God said, this is because my house. This is my house. It's been hijacked, but I want it back. And tell my people, I want Washington, D.C. back. And I want America back. I want to shout it, America back to God. It's time for Holy Ghost revival in America. In Jesus' name, lift your hands and praise him one more time. Lift your hands and praise him one more time. Hallelujah. There's personality-driven churches. Big names, big stars. And so we bring them in. Barney Bumgum and the Bugalo Brothers. They're going to come and sing. We're going to have singing conventions. We're going to do this, that, and the other because there's stars. And people are got stars in their eyes. They want the crowds. God's not looking for crowds. He's wanting people to look for the cloud. It's not about the crowd. It's about the cloud. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I believe he's found a place where he can park the ark. Am I right? I think he's found a place for grace. I think he's found a, a cloud over this crowd that says, Jesus, we're not going to let go, back up, turn around, shut up until we see the fullness of what you promised. How many of you God has given you promises in bygone days? Let me see your hand. How many say, I believe God's going to give me all of them and fulfill them in Jesus' name? Raise your hands one more time and praise him in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's the user-friendly, secret-sensitive driven. Pastor says something today that stuck with me. I'm going to write it down when I get time. This could be the greatest hindrance to revival. When man says, this is the kind of God we want. This is the kind of church we want. God didn't ask our opinion. How many of us, he said, I will build my church. There are four ways to build a church, the man of God told me. Number one, a political spirit. Number two, religious spirit. Number three, a Jezebel spirit. Oh, yes. She's set in a lot of churches. But number four, the Holy Spirit. How many wants the Holy Ghost Church? I know you do, and I feel the presence of God moving across this building right now. I look at I see hungry hearts. And some of you right now in this place, you're going through hell. God told me, he said, now tonight you're going to be preaching to people that's paid a price. But you tell them tonight is a night of fresh anointing. Everybody say fresh anointing. David said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. One of the greatest deceptions of my life, I was praying in tongues but had no power. I could just rattle it off. Oh, I just praying in tongues but had no power. I didn't understand it. Until one day God said, son, you've memorized that tongue with your mind. You can just rattle that off. But he said, I want to give you fresh oil. When that fresh anointing comes, it's more than tongues. I said, it's more than tongues. 
I don't minimize the prayer language, but I'm telling you right now, some of us can memorize that and we can say a shundai and it don't scare the devil one bit. I can say Honda, 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 Kawasaki, Yamaha, Suzuki, Samurai. Well, you may as well laugh because, you know, here we are. No, that's not what scares him. What scares him is the power in you that created him. Are you about ready for God to rise and the enemy to be scattered and shattered and splattered in Jesus' name? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I'm wanting to preach an hour because I feel that, but you know what? God said, no, no, no. I want you to ordain the leaders because their greatest hours are in front of them. God said, I want you to give the message I've given you, and then I want you to lay hands on them, and there's going to be fresh oil. Everybody say fresh oil. 